0: El no. me later you're about to listen to youth produced content from listen up youth radio listen up is a twin city social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment leadership and media production you're listening to youth soup the podcast that adds some youth to your soup
1: that was so good yay
0: Thank you. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of Youth Soup on a live podcast app, now available on iOS and coming soon to Android.
2: This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.
3: We can start off just by doing introductions i guess we can start on our end um i'm jc i'm the project manager for ymc here at listen up and i use they any pronouns and i'm from the twin cities but yeah um i'll go to my <laughs> to my right which is rena okay, I unmute myself, right? no they're hearing okay
1: Okay. Um, I'm Marina. I use he they pronouns. Um, I'm a youth producer with Listen Up, and yeah.
2: Um, I'm Ella, and I use she her pronouns, and I'm also a youth producer.
3: and then Blue or I don't know
4: how you pronounce it A-B or Ab whoever wants to go first uh, I'm A-B I'm from Oakland, California I organize with people's programs I'm a healer a farmer and yeah that's what I do uh,
5: oh A-B what's your your pronouns
4: thank you Blue um, they them
5: uh, I'm Azul Soul. um, well, my full name is Sian Lee Azul Soul Sankofa, but you can call me Azul. Um, my pronouns are he, they, um, I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, but, um, during his fellowship, I'm upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. Um, and, uh, right now I am with, uh, the co-fed, um, food justice fellowship, um, and uh, my role right now, my fellowship um, with my co- uh, my cooperative is um, I'm a, a film photography, um, audio and uh, herbalist. So yeah, that's me. Cool.
3: cool. Thank you guys. Um, <laughs> Rena looks, you look very excited. Do you wanna? I'm just, like, I'm just like
1: freaking out <laughs>
3: we're, we're all really excited to talk to you guys because we were like looking through the website and we we're like they're all so cool like yeah but um i guess for our listeners or like people who aren't sure of what cofed is would you guys mind explaining um what it entails and yeah just
5: well um i guess we can hop back off of one another so like i said cofed is the um it's a cooperative food, um, don't get me wrong, okay.
4: A cooperative food empowerment so, directive.
5: There you go. Um, and uh, we are being taught about cooperatives um, as well as um, holding food justice as our um, grounding point. Um, during this fellowship, um, talking about food justice in different ways and uh, that affects not only us, but um, our communities and um, learning to build cooperatives that um, empower our communities around food justice and food sovereignty.
4: Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we're part of specific, like, you know, COFED is a organization and they have like amazing people. My experience with CoFed so far has just been really uplifting, uh folks just, you know, uplifting our work, you know, showing us the way to fully sustain ourselves, um, giving us a lot of resources to do the work we already do. So yeah, me and Azul are in the fellowship. So um we are part of a CoFed, but we're also um in the co co fund fellowship doing our own individual projects in our respective locales and it's like just a really powerful uh, space to be a part of, and my experience have been has been really good. And just they've been upskilling me into being more self sufficient and more organized, and just you know showing us showing us how to be you know more. I would the word like professional, I guess, is a good word to say <laughs> for me. You know, from my experience, um, so that's what I've been experiencing, and from um, from my angle as well, it looks like uh, a lot of like. Uh, redistributing funds to to other organizations that are doing the work doing the grassroots work so you know they um like i said have been you know plugging us with like so many grants and like so many opportunities even like this opportunity um to share our work and things like that and it looks a lot like again just redistributing um funds and and, and projects and things that are rightfully ours that you know, we shy away from or we don't have access to because we're not in these spaces, but they are, and they have done a brilliant job with that. And I've been really grateful.
3: Thank you guys. Um, I guess maybe we should have led with the fun question, but we have like this icebreaker question that Rena came up with. I don't know if you wanna speak to it.
1: Sure. Um, And this was like, whenever we do interviews, I'm like we should have a fun question except when we were coming up with a fun question it accidentally got a little like less quirky and a little more like actually like it got a little deep deep. um but the question is um what plant or like uh my teacher refers to them or like to plants and trees as like more than human relatives which I like um but do you like admire slash connect with and how can we learn from that plant to like grow community um like practice intentional actions and move towards collective liberation so it's not really a fun silly question it's it's a loaded one (laughs) It's a loaded question, kind of. But basically, what plant do you like? It's kind of, yeah, I don't know.
4: For sure, I do have a plant that's, you know, Mm -hmm. um, some of my close friends call me yarrow, and I also, like, really love yarrow. Um, I kind of got... Attracted to yarrow just off the smell, just like you know, it called to me. There's a lot of plants that smell really good, like Tulsi, honorable mention of Tulsi, honorable mention of stinging nettle. Those are like the other plants that I like really love. But like this, this uh, last spring and this spring, I've been really drawn to yarrow, and um, yeah, it smells so good, but then also like it has a lot of like medicinal properties, Um, like it helps with anxiety and stress. I feel like something that, like, I've always dealt with and always, like, was looking for, like, natural remedies. Um, But, again, like, you know, I always underestimated the value of, like, aromatherapy, like, just, like, smelling something and calming down. And, like, I feel like Western medicine specifically, it makes you feel like you have to, like, take a pill or, like, you know, have this drawn-out thing. But, like, literally, like, I feel like I've been been de-escalated from, like, full-on panic attacks by just smelling yarrow or just being around yarrow, working with yarrow, planting yarrow, you know, using it as tea. Um, And also it's like a good, like, deterrent for pests. I feel like as a farmer, that's one of my main stressors is just, ooh, pests and um, powdery mildew. But, you know, ever since growing yarrow around the perimeter of the farm, we have been seeing less and less aphids and black mites. So shout out to yarrow.
5: I, guess um, um, I would say that the plant that I would choose, it's not really, I wouldn't call it a plant, but I would choose mycelium, um, which uh, could form mushrooms, any kind of mushroom. Um, but mycelium just being in its form before it becomes a mushroom, um, because it like, it looks like a snowflake that's like constantly reaching out and turning into different forms and different shapes and things. And it kind of consumes whatever it's around. And I feel like when you said uh, thinking about community in that way, I think about like the way that it branches out and it holds on and then it creates more, it creates one. Um, And then from that one, it creates like millions of tiny little things that are medicine um, and when I think about um, mycelium, I think about lion's mane mushroom, like reishi, um, chicken's tail, turkey tail, things that you could find in nature that um, help with a lot of things that people deal with, depression and um, mind racing, or even insomnia. Um, These things come from these little myceliums that came together that spoke to one another and said, like, hey, come here, like, let's create this thing, Um, which I think is really cool. And also the way that um, I learned that mushrooms are closer uh, in DNA to humans than actually um, mammal-like animals are, which is, like, really, really cool. And also that they sing to one another to speak in nature. So, like, in the wind, they're literally singing little songs to one another, um, which is, like, freaking cool like just to imagine you could put some an instrument up to a mushroom and hear a song um yeah i just really love mycelium and that it can create like infinite things and um, be a medicine that not only heals you but also can um, you can learn so much about yourself and about humans um, through
3: does anyone from our side want to go if not i can go first
1: i can't follow up that
3: um i guess i have i was thinking about corn more so because i have memories with it like my family's from ecuador and they live in the i don't know how to translate it right but like we just call it el campo just like the outskirts in the mountains but um yeah there's like a bunch of farms of just corn but like every part of the corn is used like there's the, cor- the actual corn part that you eat but then also like the whiskers that we use to make tea and then the leaves itself like the stock we use to feed like the guinea pigs and the other livestock that we have um and that makes me think of like using every component to like like making just use out of everything and not letting anything go to waste yeah i cannot word it as eloquently as you guys but <laughs> does anyone else want to have a have a favorite plant or
2: um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh wait, I'm not on me. Okay. Um, I don't really have a favorite plant, but I. Okay, back up. So my dad has like this giant garden that he had, like at every one of his houses. He always gets really sad whenever we move because he has to leave it behind. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, I just miss, like, all the flowers that he puts in it because it just makes him really happy. And then I also have, like, good memories just, like, helping him in the garden. So I don't know. Like, it's just... I'm not really sure what this has to do with community, but I just, like, ha- uh, gardening <laughs> with my dad and just the flowers, it just brings me joy
1: um this is very broad and i was like trying to think of a specific tree or root system but um i grew up on a farm and um i remember just like being like the first It's so weird hearing yourself echo. Sorry. Um, The first, uh, like, examples I ever, like, grew up around of, like, community and, uh, like, supporting one another was by hearing about trees and how they do that for each other. And how they communicate through their root system and are constantly in, like, conversation with one another and, like, it's so, like, unbelievably, like, what's intricate and, um, I spent a lot of, I spent, like, a weird amount of time in trees when I was a toddler, so I think that, yeah, I can't think of anything specific. Right now I'm obsessed with fig trees because of a book, (laughs) but um tree roots in general um Um, I guess if it's fine
3: with y'all we can just kind of move on to the questions that we kind of prepared but (laughs) um I guess the first one you guys kind of answered it relates back to like just co-fed and what it is but more specifically um like what has the process of being a racial justice fellow over these past like eight to ten months brought to your life and the work that you're centering and what is something that you have learned about the relationship between land and people during this time.
5: Mm. Being in a relationship is long.
3: Yeah, so much to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, don't know, take, take your guys' time, um, thinking,
5: and, yeah. So, I guess I can answer the first one, but I have to be, re- be reminded of, like, mm-hmm. the second question, oh, as I go along, chat. um, well, I have to be reminded of the first one, too, because I remember, like, you said, what has it been like being a racial justice fellow?
3: Yeah, we're putting, Rina's putting, um, the question in the chat, but I'll, but I'll read it again. Um, What has the process of being a racial justice fellow over the past eight months brought to your life and the work that you're centering?
5: Being a racial justice fellow um, has been really cool, Um, especially uh, learning about like so many different experiences um, that mirror yours, but also are so like vastly different. Everyone's project that's in this fellowship has been very different. Um, and, but also the things that we have, the concerns or maybe even the, the questions about uh, this time in the world that we're like asking have been similar. Um, and I feel like this fellowship has brought to my work, we're very, um, centered in rest and also, um, figuring out things for you, but at your pace and not, um, at a capitalist pace or at a pace that makes you feel that you're not doing enough or that you need to be doing more. Um, And being a racial justice fellow, I feel like the racial justice aspect has been more so of like, how do people of color, how do black people, how do indigenous people, how do people who are on the margins take care of ourselves and also get the resources that we need without gatekeeping um, from people who have resources or know others who have resources as well. Um, And it's brought a lot of um, introspection to, like, what I'm doing um, for my project, uh, I guess, like, for this fellowship. But in the long term, like, not only who am I doing it for, but, like, what is it, like, what is the short-term impact that I want to have, Um, especially to people of color, to people who are, like, Black, queer, Indigenous, trans, um, disabled, neurodivergent people who you know just get overlooked in the world, um, and being in this fellowship has led me to like not only ask those questions but like have resources to, um, to lead me to people who have the answers to those things as well, um, and what is something that I've learned about the relationship between land and people that I've learned that people and land are not separate. Um, that even though you can work on the land, that the land is also working you. Um, and if you're, if you put your hands in the ground and you're out there for a couple of hours, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the land is working you for sure. Like you, you learn that there is no separation between everything and um, Like, even a little kid saying, like, God made dirt, the dirt don't hurt. Like, it's almost like you know that, like, you come from that. So, like, you um, eating that is not wrong because, like, you know, you know what's up. Your body knows what's up with it, like, you know. So, yeah, I feel like the relationship between people and land has, like, been expanded through this fellowship as well. Um, Learning that, like, there's many ways to be in movement and also be in relationship to the land um, that is accessible to you. And it doesn't have to look like anyone else's relationship. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for asking that. Thank you for asking that.
4: For sure. Yeah. I've been in a, a deep introspective spot as well in this fellowship. I kind of like, in the beginning of the fellowship, didn't really know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) was like, you know, read all the things on the website and was like, yeah, this is going to be cool. Like, you know, they're going to help with resources, but it's been a journey of really diving deep into the work that I do. Um, And a big, like, point of consideration has come up for me, which has been How am I taking care of myself while doing the work? I think one thing really cool that um, the folks at Cofed do, Saparna, Tia, and Aya have been, they have been like, they do like a month of like hibernation. And this is like, I was like at this time, as a farmer, especially like in December, like there's stuff you can do like organizationally, but there's not really much you can do on the land. And in the past as a farmer, I just like work through the winters, like hardcore, like work really hard during the winters. And I had a conversation. I can't remember if it was Panya or Aya, but we had a conversation where they were like, just rest, just just take a second, just, just relax. And I was like, you know, like kind of like, oh my gosh, like I've never been told to just like take a break because like the work continues the work is going to get needs to get done is it's so much work to do and I was having the same conversation with one of my other elders who reminded me like the revolution is not going to get messed up from you taking one day of rest and there's just been like all of these reminders as I've been in this fellowship that like you have to take a break you have to rest and I also like feels pressured felt pressured Um, since I am in a fellowship to like kind of ramp up the things that I'm doing and just like try to like take this opportunity. And this is a good opportunity for me to, you know, write grants. And like, this is a good opportunity to get really organized and realign my goals and support my community and redirect. And it's just so many things that like happens when you are like in a position and you're in a fellowship. Right. Um, But it's been kind of like really peaceful to like take a page out of their book and my elders book by just like not doing too much. And I found that I'm 12 times more productive in that state of taking some steps back, which is like, to me, my old self would have been like, that doesn't make sense. Like how taking a break, how's that going to make you do more? But I've been insanely productive after, after December, I like took the hibernation with them. You know, I didn't check my emails as fast. I was moving really slow. Um, which leads into the next part, like the relationship between the land and the people. Like, I agree with Azur, like, we are one in the same. Like, if you can't work the land, that probably means you should be resting. Like, if you, you know what I'm saying? If, like, it's a lot going on on the land, um, the land is going to tell you, like, what it wants and what it needs. Like, there's a lot going on with the land, then that that's that your life is probably chaotic. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and that's it just mirrors us in such a way that, like, I've been a student of the land. Um that always felt like a student of the land, but like really listening, you know, like we grew some um we grew some collards and they were like, "No." So we were like, "Okay, like in the past I'd be like, "No, we got to grow collards because we need collards for the people, the people really love collards, like we need to like land said no. So we have to move on. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we try to grow some corn. Um and we didn't take the time to, like, really pollinate it. And that was a valuable lesson as well. Like, the corn's, like, speaking to us, like, you need to pay more attention to us if you want to work with this plant. You know, like, every plant has spoken to me in, in a way by me slowing down and I can actually talk back and experience and have a conversation with the land as well. And, like, yeah, we're supposed to be mimicking the land, you know, as people um, because we're one and the same. And when we don't mimic... The hiccups are real, and the lesson's gonna come, keep coming back and back and back. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been taking it easy, which has been have done wonders for my heart and for my soul and for for everything that I got going on.
1: I wanted, to, okay. I have like a connection to um, Ab. What you're talking about with like the hibernation month Um, when I was uh, at the beginning of this year um, my school or like my grade went to um, we spent a week on a a farm in uh, Wisconsin and um, one of the things that we learned um, from one of the land stewards was about in Jewish agricultural tradition traditions at the end of an eight year long, like agricultural cycle, the seventh year is called Shemitah. And it's like the land is fallow and it like does incredible things for the land. And I think that's just, um, so yeah, I, I just was like, as soon as you said that I was like, oh my god guys like it's it's everywhere so yeah i think that listening to the land and like taking breaks especially in the midwest when it's cold and like sad and dark in december like it's hard to get out and like right away in the morning and be with the land and sometimes you just yeah so I just thanks for reminding me of that because I forgot about that for a second So. so
3: so I know you both mentioned like resting and healing and something one of the main things that we were talking about like in preparation for this interview was like the topic of healing and its role in liberation and collective liberation and how important it is for for artists like everyone has a role when it comes to liberation and you know but what are those roles and who like healers and artists were like the ones that we were talking about that like they're they're really necessary and really go together um, so yeah do you guys have any thoughts around that and like experience with healing particularly in the work that you guys do yeah.
5: Um, yeah. Um, okay. you want to go uh, No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me make sure it's still recording. Okay, yeah, it is. So, yeah, um, I would say healing is like without healing, you can't have liberation and you can't have any kind of movement. Um, and movement not necessarily in terms of like yes, activism, but also to like movement in your life. Um, we're all living in a world where colonialism has been built around us and there are things that we have to heal from whether that be collectively or individually ancestrally um and sometimes we're not aware that like simple things are healing us like just friendship with another person or even listening to our favorite song could be healing us you know um sharing a memory with someone and having a sweet moment that's healing too um and i i, I truly believe healing is a part of our movement. Um, a while ago back, I'll say like in 2018, um, I was a part of an organization called BYP 100. Um, it's called Black Youth Project 100. Um, and it's a group of uh, Black youth from 18 to 35 who organized um, in different parts of the country. Um, and I was a part of the Brooklyn chapter. Um, and during in that chapter I was a part I was a part of a section called the healing and safety um component. And healing and safety had to do with um our healing and our and involving our safety and knowing that um without our healing we're not safe um around each other, let alone outside. Um and it was a really uh changing moment in my life that I saw that like transformative justice In order for us to be able to transform we have to be able to see our capacity to heal and to see our capacity to heal is to believe that like the world around us can change um and sometimes it's hard to have that optimism that the world can change but if you can change um or you could see a part of yourself that feels really broken and you feel like oh even if a little part of that feels like a little bit better. Um, That shows you that you have the capacity to heal, that that situation has the capacity to change, and that transformative justice can happen, and that the worlds that we imagine um, can change, um, can happen. Um, It just takes time. Um, And yeah.
4: Yeah, healing is, I stress this a lot. Um, i feel like it's a lot of it's a lot of moving a lot of movement and that for me in the in the word healing i feel like um sometimes as well like for me like doing the work is very healing like um like getting out there and um doing this 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 work for me like passing out food you know farming that feels very healing for me because um, i feel like there's a movement of, of separation from um, organizing and healing. Like, I feel like they're very, like, they, they need to go together. Because if you're if you're like, oh, I need to heal, I need to heal. Like, self, self, individual, individuality. Um, and you kind of sever from the community because you need to do this this healing work. And you don't ever, like, um, go back to the community and give to the community, give to the elders around you, you know, give to your friends, give, you know, give to the, the space around you. Then I don't want to say the healing is for no reason, because by all means, like healing is so necessary. But I found out, like, especially when I was in college and I was on my individual journey of healing and I was like, you know, doing yoga and meditating and breathing and morning routine. I was doing all those things. But I had a moment where I was kind of separate from my community. Um, I I experienced um, burnout from healing. It was weird. It was a weird moment for me. So I think like, I don't want, um, for it to get confused that like, you know, doing the work and seeing kind of like what Azul was talking about, like seeing the individual change in yourself, that transformative change within yourself is linked to in a part of a collective healing that needs to happen. And they kind of go hand in hand. And, um, I was just having the this, this same conversation what Azul just brought up with some of my elders and some of my, the people in my group about like, you know, revolution. It's the saying that Jalil Mutukim, who is a Black Liberation Army veteran, said, "Which is liberation in our lifetimes." And it's like it's the idea. Like I feel like sometimes we do this work and it's endless, and we feel like it's it's a it's a pessimism that goes over us. And you have to believe that if you're a liber, like if you believe in liberation. You believe in in revolution, in evolution, that you believe in liberation in our lifetime. That you're not just doing this work blindly for no reason, and that work looks like you know compacting impacting the community in a real way, but then also like the individual work of healing, you know, and again not separate from the community healing that we all do together. Um, so like you know the the conversation we came about like. You know, some people are like, oh, I need to, like, I need to, like, leave the community to heal. Um, I will say that you need to find a community that you can heal with. um, Because don't get me twisted. Don't get it twisted. Like, people, some people are part of communities where their healing is not happening. And you have to remove yourself from the trauma to actually heal, you know. But you when you remove yourself from the trauma its i think it's essential to find community alike to heal with um because healing is is a- it's it's an individual act, but it's so powerful when it's a communal act um and that individual act i feel like is really rooted in you know going inside yourself and and doing those changes like um if you're mean to your to your to the people around you you can't really be a revolutionary like we got to be nice to the people around us we got to love the people around us we got to you know that's the small acts i feel like Azul was talking about as well like that's the small things you know that's the healing like you know what i'm saying like if i if you drop your paperwork and i'm just like oh that's your problem that individualism is where capitalism thrives right and we're trying to we're trying to break all that down we're trying to decolonize, decolonize all these thoughts and that's the healing that you know what I'm saying, is missed, like, we, the communal, like, back in the day, we was, like, taking care of each other, you feel me, my grandma is hungry, I'm gonna go give her some food, oh, like, you know, like, that's the communal healing, um, that needs to happen, so, like, I know I was just, like, oh, be nice to each other, but, like, low-key, like, you know, that's a part of it, um, but also, like, yeah, don't forget to also, you know, therapy, yoga, but also, like, Cook a meal for your your the people you, you're you know, around, you know what I'm saying? Farm with the people you're around and yeah. No,
3: yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for answering this. That was a heavy question too, but um, you mentioned, I don't know like for others, but for me, like I'm also, right now I'm in college. I'm a second year, a sophomore. And I don't know, working with Listen Up has been having these conversations. We've had a lot of forums like last semester um this forum now and like last week when we were preparing for this interview we were so like deep in our thoughts and like excited that we were like no let's just start talking amongst ourselves about the thoughts that we were having at the time um but yeah we
1: completely abandoned our other episode idea yeah (laughs) the questions that we were gonna ask you guys (laughs) like we couldn't I couldn't stop like thinking I felt like I was like levitating it was crazy
3: no and that conversation was so healing just like talking about the land and people and community and there's so many other things that we talk about here at listen up too one of the things me arena <laughs> um just being queer like that's finding people who are also queer has been really healing um because I have trauma from like my own family with it so we were just talking about how like you know there's this connection between understanding people and community and and land and just nature and then also unpacking among yourself like decolonizing your mindset and understanding of of gender race and you know yeah I'm trying to think of a way to word
4: it. Mm-hmm. Which is not simple. This is not simple things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can, I have thoughts, you know, I feel like this, at this point we can have a conversation because it's like, you know, it's just like, it's a lot, it's a lot going on with this question. I feel like maybe y'all have thoughts. So like, I would love to hear what y'all have to say too. But um, I just like open it up by saying like, um, we were t- I was talking to, I've been talking to elders a lot, y'all, but I was talking to this elder and I was telling her cause she's like, um, in a, co- a religious community and we're talking about gender, right? And I was telling her, I was doing all this research in Africa about gender. And what I found out was that Africans back in the day were like the most tolerant people on this planet, like, so, like, the conversation of, like, sexuality and gender and, like, all of these things that, like, people are, like, so bent up about, like, I don't even, you know what I'm saying, like, I found zero evidence, I found more evidence of Africans being, like, tolerant, like, and what I mean by tolerant is just, like, you know, it's about community, you know what I'm saying, you know, no other things will come in between you and your community, like, if somebody's different, um, then, you know what I'm saying? They're different. Like it is no problem. It's it they're tolerant of that, and I feel like that that's the same way the land is. Like the land is so freak. First of all, I know I make mistakes as a farmer, but the amount of food that the land still produces for these families that I that I serve, and then also for myself, like that's the type of tolerance that I know as people we we should have. Like the 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 land don't care if you are gender nonconforming like the the land does not care like you know what I'm saying and and the caring is colonization like that there needs to be some type of um there needs to be some type of separation or um hierarchy or difference for, for colonization to even work and that's where we got kind of mixed up and to decolonize is to really unpack all of that and really be like yo like what is it really what is it really hurting you that I'm gender non-conforming like what what about my identity really upsets you? like what really is it what really is it like my life being like this does not affect your life like what is it you know what I'm saying so like getting back to that tolerance you know what I'm saying of just being like bro like some things just are and is and, and is. And it just is, you know, and that's how the land is. Like you look outside the sky, is just, it just look like that. The trees just grow like that. The birds just fly like that. And they don't be like, oh, but uh, all of this hoopla, like all that hoopla, I'm 99.999% sure it's capitalism and colonization. And again, I just want to reiterate tribal, like back in the day, tribes, all the books I've read. They did not care. So these that's what comes up for to me. People and did not care, so that's
5: what comes up for me. Sorry, I was trying to hit the space bar, um, yeah, I want to go off of what A.B. said, uh, just thinking about, like, well, one, well, I'll go off of that before I go on a tangent, because I can do that sometimes, um, well, going off of what you said like the land doesn't care like or even in like different societies like people don't necessarily care um there was a an elder named Maladoma Somme, um, who was from a West African um, group of people um and in a interview he talked about how in those societies like People are who they are, and there is no question about who they are. There is no inquiring about their gender or their sexuality, because that is their own. What people want to know about is, like, what are your interests? How do you contribute to the community? And um, how can they be of service to you as you to them? Um, So, yeah, I feel like just even hearing you say that, it made me think about, like, in traditional society because sometimes like that's something that um, is often thrown in like gender non-conforming trans people um, faces at, like in traditional society things were like this but in traditional society you were who you were and there was uh, a place for you there was always a place for someone like you um, and you know sometimes we say like Europeans or like this or like that, but there are also traditional societies then too. There was just, what we happen to see is a colonization where groups of people, which are specific groups of people who happen to take over the entire world, when, and also um, unfortunately taking over groups of people within the side of their land as well too. Um but yeah i I would say that like unpacking and deconizing my understanding of gender when it comes to like people in relationship is to land is to like to understand that like if we understand that we are the same, um, we know that like even in like the silliest of like concepts that a snowflake, every snowflake is different, so if every snowflake is literally different, then that means every human is literally different um, and also thinking about like the way that every raindrop it never falls the same, apparently. That's what I've been told from scientists. Not me personally, you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> but um yeah, like just learning those things is to understand that like we are so connected, yet we are so different. And for us to be the same would to be living in a fantasy. Um and it's so beautiful to know that decolonization necessarily isn't a way to um, separate us, but to bring us closer together and to see that like in our difference that um, this is the beauty about all of us, right? Like, because like I'm holding a mirror up to you. Like um, there was a, there's a person uh, named Alec, Alec. Um, and I forget their last name, but they speak about their non-binary person um, a South Asian, non-binary person, and they speak about um, the freedom that comes with uh, being gender non-conforming and its connection to uh, the ways that other people view themselves. Uh, there's a mirror that people see in themselves through nature, right? Like seeing that uh, if, if a tree is under stress, it could literally change its atoms and, and create itself to be another sex, um and to produce uh some sort of to be um I don't even know what it's called. It's not uh it, it can re- produce seeds by itself without producing with another just so its lineage goes on. Um the fact that a fish can literally create um a baby just by being like, well it's time to create a baby like I think that we, like, have to think beyond the scope of, like, human existence and what we know and also understanding that science um, was also created by, create like, facts were created by people a, or a certain group of people who were allowing certain information to be um given out to the masses. And even thinking about that... Um, not to get all geeky, but like, there was a, I was watching this forum of people talking and they were just talking about like religion and, um, you know, I, I was talking about like African traditional spirituality versus Christianity. But there was one person who was a pastor, who was a theologist, I'm sorry. And he said, he was saying this really cool thing, basically that like in theology school, someone said that like in the universe, um, Say if the universe is like a 100% circle, um, humans only know 20%, like 20% of that slice. So imagine the rest of the shit, um, excuse me, the rest of the stuff that we just don't know. So it's like, if we limit ourselves to this understanding of that we are, we see the connections between nature and ourselves, but we limit ourselves to this understanding that this is the only thing that exists. We don't understand that there's like infinite ways of existing in this world um and in the planet like a lot of us we have our spiritual beliefs about what happens after we um, are no longer in this physical body but um a lot of us also don't know and we have to like tap into the understanding that like there's a knowing inside of us that we know somewhere outside of us but like if we continue to like center ourselves and like oh there's this human experience and like uh, we're not connected to like the tree outside of the grass or even the ant that we want to step on like if it's like in our food or something like that then like we don't understand that like there's a variance in. I don't know there's just there's just infinite ways of being and there's like so our DNA is connected to the land and if the land can be like trimmed down and like be a golf course and then like unkempt for like three months it could be a forest and like I why can't we say be that as well that with
4: the, the the plant you're talking about where it has female and male I parts i also just want to say perfect plant. that with the, the the plant you're talking about where it has female and male yeah. parts it's called a
1: perfect plant perfect
3: plant love that do you want yeah. to speak to anything or
1: uh, i feel like if i do i'm gonna like not stop talking um i'm gonna be not, I'm not gonna go on a tangent. Um, but thinking about like pre-colonial genderqueer like roles of leadership and um, how like queer and trans elders were like looked up to and in many uh, cultures like were healers and the the bridge between male and female identities. There Um, so it just reminded me a lot of that and how, like, so much of, um, our disconnect from land was, is, like, a direct result of colonization and, um, so much of our, like, loss of connection to each other and, like, the millions of ways of existing is, you can could figure out where it come from <laughs> where it came from and um yeah
3: i guess kind of kind of speaking to like the part of i think it was really only this this past year where i really like made that realization or connection of like like okay well i'm taking right now i'm taking a sociology of sexuality class and uh like you have to talk about gender you sexuality and gender like you you can't talk about one without the other um and we had this reading that talked about um, this person, this, what's the word? Um, from Europe, who like, a colonizer, <laughs> who went to Florida, what is now known as Florida, and he was writing about or describing like the the tribes there, the Native Americans there, and specifically their bodies and um, emasculating the women, but how much like they tied they have such a, they view gender as like a very biological, under a biological lens. And they stay, it was the first time that they really encountered something that went against what their world was structured around, and in turn, like they labeled it as the other. But in defining what is considered the other, or like what being a man or woman is not, um, they in turn also define what it means to be a man or a woman In the biological sense and just realizing wow like they they really could have could have just been like oh this is a new like a different way in which gender is understood in this specific group of people but they didn't and instead yeah so that was like a i was like there was no reason to or like you could have just existed or things tying back to like there's so many different possibilities but yet we were met with this one um yeah that blew my mind (laughs) a little but (laughs) but yeah this conversation just made me remind reminded me of that Mm -hmm. so just to keep track of time when did what time did we Um, oh my god (laughs) sorry the the person who was like um, our boss was like, okay, 45 minutes is 55 minutes, so. Um, Bro,
1: the boss in quotations the, the is so funny. Our boss, our boss. boss whenever, our whenever boss, we, like, um, refer to him as, like, our boss, he's like, he like guys, it's a worker self-directed boss, non-profit. Like, non-profit. nonprofit. We are, all in, non-profit. 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 We are all in charge, charge of each other. Non-profit. Non-profit. <laughs> no one has, the hierarchy is just, no one has, the hierarchy is just him. What a legend. I love
3: him. Um I guess." Just, like, closing statements or, like... We
4: should have, like, a... We should do a close f- question.
3: A close-out close question. question. A that's fun. The, that's not too deep so that we don't keep on rambling on, but... do I really want to? I know, me too. Do <laughs> I really want to? Um, I don't know. Do you guys have... Hello? Hi. Dina? Hi. Or if AB or... Blue, if you guys have anything you want to ask us or like a question that comes to mind,
4: can can y'all say y'all like what what y'all doing in the world and a little bit just brief bio intro? Y'all made us do it, then do it.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that one. I like that one.
3: (laughs) Okay, um, I guess I can go first. I mean, as I mentioned before, right now I'm in college, so I guess I don't know. That's Yeah, but um, I think the first thing that I want to describe myself as is always, like, I'm an artist, um, but specifically an artist for community. And by artist, that entails, like, the traditional, like, or, like, mural making, um, but also listening, meeting people, learning about their histories, and then making art from that and sharing it to the larger community. When I think of artists, that's like what I'm referring to. Um, And then, yeah, that's the kind of work that I wanna be doing, public art, community art, um, working with youth, even though I guess I'm a youth too. (laughs) But yeah, I guess as of now, that's like the main thing that I would use to describe myself and we'll see where I go from here, yeah. Rina?
1: um i mean i don't really know it's kind of hard to describe myself as like what like cuz what i do every day is i go to school and then i go to work and then i go home it's not um what i would probably ideally be doing but uh i'm I'm sixteen and so I can't really be like, I'm gonna go live on a farm. I can't do that yet, not yet, not yet. I plan on going back to my to the farm I you know whatever, but um, I think in the ways that I can be like living in the city and um, uh, not having access to some of the okay. I think I would, ideally, just. Dis- oh my gosh! I don't know how to do this. Um,
2: I.
5: Can I, I say something filmmaker. really quick to ask you so it's like less pressure? Okay. Um, I think I want to know, and maybe what be will be cool to know would be like what is something that you're interested in right now, and like what's bringing you joy right now like because i know that like sometimes it's like describing yourself is like we're always changing and like sometimes we're not always in the place that we want to be and like it feels kind of hard to be like this is who i am because like you're not those things that you're doing so like yeah. i want to know like who you are like when you're not doing those things like what are you interested in like what is your special interest as people like to say so like are you into anime? Like are you into like <laughs> are you into like any like cool films right now? Like who are you and what makes you feel like your light shines when other people are around?
1: Thank you. That was a Okay, yeah. Okay. So um I think that I'm right now very excited about um, being the summer, being able to spend more time with the land. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about. And learning about how, um, just more about the lovely experiences of like uh, transness right now, um, something that I've been thinking a lot about is that not having a lot of trans elders in my life. And so I think that's just something I've been thinking about a lot and learning about a lot. Um, so that's something that's I'm interested in um, by default, I think. Uh, <laughs> and a film that I just watched is, it's called I Am No
3: Longer Here. Is that about the the music? Yeah. The cumbia. The, yeah. the
5: cumbia. Yeah. I just watched that last night. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like um one of my like most recent uh film obsessions. Um yeah. Cuz I've been sick a lot so, so I've, so had, a lot, of, so I've like, had a lot of like time to, time to, time to, a to watch movies, a lot of movies and and think way too, think much, way about too much about the movies. movies. So. so yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure life out like I'm not even gonna lie I was like kind of shut in I didn't really I was too scared to like do a lot of things that like I was mildly interested in but I was like oh my goodness people um so like I don't have many hobbies but I'm trying to like do that now join a lot of things, and I have, so, um, yeah, that's been, it's been fun just sort of, like, figuring out, like, what I like, and what I don't like, um, yeah, it's just been an experience doing new things, like, this was new, um, I just, like, I joined through right Track, and, like, this was the entire reason I joined, I was, like, I don't know what I want to do, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but like as of right now, like something that brings me joy. It sounds very generic, cause it is. But like playing sports, like cause I've been doing it for a long time, and it was like the way I met people and got out to be social, which I didn't do much. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Now I want to tweak my answer or like, like (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess in addition to like art and being an artist, I know something I'm really looking forward to like that is a main interest of me is like dancing, but particularly dancing with community like your own, like, I love to go out with my friends and just dance to cumbia, dance to reggaeton, just like be one with the music. And I was not like that before. Like, I grew up so shy. But, I, but don't know, like, I don't know, like, once, also, when, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of um, other Latinx people around me. But once I got to college, I, like, seeked, I was the first thing I first sought thing out. First thing I sought out. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and so then I was able to, like, learn the different dances and the culture. And so I'm really excited about doing that more this summer. And, um, also, like this, like with listen up audio and podcasting, like that was n- something I never thought of, and especially mm. like especially thinking like- about myself talking, I was like, I'm, I can't speak, and I don't like talking, but these past two years, I really have grown a lot, and I'm really proud of the growth that I've had, and i am excited for the work that we're going to do this summer, and the more pe- more amazing people that we'll meet, and more connections that we'll make, but yeah.
1: Audio has literally every single day I go to work or not every day, but every day that I'm at work, it's like, okay, I have to, like, actively get over the gender dysphoria from hearing myself talk, because it's all I do, like, like I have to do it, and um, it's not going well, but, you know, it's getting
3: there. I mean, hey, it could be a pro- part of the process of healing, too, mm-hmm. like, yeah. for sure. learning to yeah. cope. I'm
1: so excited for being on the farm more this yes. whole conversation i'm just like i just want to go <laughs> i just want to go eat carrots like, like so cool. i'm gonna cry like carrots no it's different buying carrots and pulling a carrot out of the ground that you grew and eating it two entirely separate experiences
5: thank you all for, then, for sharing part, okay. with us um and like being so open and also, too, it seems like, like, the three of you from, like, hearing y'all stories, like, that you came from a space that you were, like, I'm kind of shy and, like, I'm not, like, I don't know, like, if if or when I'm going to use my voice or where I'm going to use my voice. But, like, using this space um, and just, like, being interviewed by you all has been really cool because I don't feel like that at all. Um, it felt like it flew, like, it how do you say flow, but like, I'll say it flowed. Okay, y'all, it flowed. Um, and <laughs> I, I feel like, um, yeah, I'm impressed that you all were like, I'm an introvert and, cause I don't feel like that at all. So yeah. Um, and it's cool to have this, like you were like, um, I don't really do anything but work and like school, but I'm like, you do this, this is pretty cool, you know? And then, like, even, like, hearing you be, like, you know, I didn't really grow up around a lot of Latinx people, but, like, coming to school, like, I'm, like, dancing in reggaeton and, like, cumbia. I'm, like, I'm here, like, speaking in front of people. And even hearing you be, like, I'm doing sports. Like, what? Like, what kind of sports do you do? Like, that's, that's really cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like all these things are really, like, really cool. And I, I applaud you all as well. So thank you all for having us here. And... Um, Thank you for being here as well, showing up for yourselves.
3: Thank you. And thank you guys for, like, for saying yes or, like, wanting, (laughs) letting us interview you guys and, like, just knowing that we shared this space together and, like, our lives intersected to, like... I'm going to cry about it. Like, I'm like, you guys will remember us. We're going to remember you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for that, this experience and... I'm excited to see what else you guys do and to keep to date. Um, but with that, I think I'll count again to like one, two, three, and then we can all. Real
4: quick. Thank two... you. Appreciate y'all too.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. you yeah. are ready. One, <laughs> two, three.
0: Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of Youth Soup on a live podcast app, now available on iOS and coming soon to Android.
2: This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.